0: Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast. This is the Thursday, March 13th episode, and I'm your host, Anastasia Glova. Last Friday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia ruled in favor of six D.C. residents, including Cato senior fellow, Tom Palmer, who argued for the right to defend themselves in their home. The court reversed an earlier dismissal of the case by the district court. Cato scholar Robert Levy was one of the attorneys on the case, and for today's podcast, he talks about the ruling and its implications. Why did Shelley Parker bring the lawsuit Parker v. District of Columbia?
1: Well, Shelley lived in a high-crime neighborhood in the heart of D.C., and she was harassed, along with her neighbors, relentlessly by drug dealers and drug addicts, and she decided to do something about it. She called the police over and over again. She encouraged her neighbors to call the police. She organized block meetings and for her troublemakers. tried to pry his way into her house yelling, I'll kill you. I live on this block too. So I think the reasons are pretty obvious. She would like to possess a functional handgun within her home for self-defense. But because of the D.C. gun ban, which in our view is unconstitutional, she feared arrest and prosecution.
0: Just briefly then, what was the ruling of the court?
1: The court held that
0: But doesn't the Second Amendment right to bear arms pertain only to militias and the National Guard?
1: That certainly is the allegation that the D.C. government made, but the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals held otherwise. The Court of Appeals said that it was quite clear that the right to keep and bear arms existed even before our government was formed, before the Constitution was ratified in 1789. Furthermore, the right to guns is not limited to Upon a person's intermittent enrollment in the militia. So I think the court was unequivocal and made a, quite a forceful declaration that this is an individual right and not a militia right.
0: And this is contrary to traditional views on the Second Amendment, isn't it?
1: It certainly is. Only one other appellate court, and that is in the Fifth Circuit, which controls Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi, has held that there is an individual right. And in that case, the statute that was. At issue was nonetheless upheld because it was considered to be a reasonable restriction notwithstanding Second Amendment rights. So this is the first case in which a gun control statute has actually been overturned because of Second Amendment rights.
0: Do you have any idea how the court will rule in this case?
1: Of course, these things are unpredictable. When I was asked to predict how the circuit court would rule, I... Uh, predicted that judge henderson would be on our side and i was hoping we would get one of the other two and as it happened we got both of the other two and judge henderson dissented so i'm not sure that my predictions are, are worth a whole lot but i uh, do think that the court is about as pro second amendment based on what i've been able to discern from their writing and their opinions as about as pro second amendment as we could hope for a court to be it is not likely to be a more conservative court over the coming years the substitution from Justice Alito for Justice O'Connor is probably a net plus for the Second Amendment, at least insofar as I can make that determination.
0: Will Mayor Adrian Fenty try to do anything in the interim to enforce the gun ban?
1: Well, the gun ban is not yet history. It is on the way to being history, we hope. The Circuit Court of Appeals remanded the case back to the district court, and the district court has been instructed and will no doubt proceed to enter summary judgment on our behalf. And that would ordinarily mean that the district would have to begin a process by which they enabled people in the district to register handguns and to carry them in their home and not to be concerned about unreasonable restrictions. That process could unfold over quite a period of time, and in the meanwhile, the district no doubt will ask the appellate court to rehear the case. If the appellate court agrees to rehear the case, then the decision will be stayed until that rehearing takes place and a new decision is issued. The district will also ask, if they don't get a rehearing, for the case to be heard by the Supreme Court. My guess is that the Supreme Court will take the case. As that process is all unfolding, D.C. may or may not actually implement looser regulations. That's yet to be determined.
0: If this is upheld and D.C. citizens are allowed to keep handguns in their homes, do you expect D.C.'s skyrocketing crime rate to plateau or plummet altogether?
1: Well, what we do know is that before the district banned handguns, and that was 31 years ago in 1976, until 1976 the murder rate in the district had been declining. And then soon after the ban took effect, the rate climbed to the highest level of all large U.S. cities. And during the full life of the ban, again, 31 years, with the exception of a few years during which the city's murder rate ranked second or third, there have been more killings per capita in D.C. than in any other major city. So there's hardly an argument to be made that more gun laws lead to less crime. In fact, in D.C., the situation has been just the opposite. Here's the major change from what the law is now Not so much that everybody's going to go out and buy a gun. It is possible that some people will go out and buy a gun. The important thing is that the criminals will not know which homes are armed and which homes are unarmed. So guns are valuable because of their deterrent effect. It's not that people shoot robbers or burglars. It's not that guns are brandished and fired and actually injure criminals. It is more likely that criminals don't commit the crimes because they are fearful that the people in the homes that they're about to rob that, I hope, to be an immediate effect once these laws are changed.
0: The majority of support for the Cato Institute's work comes from individuals, and Cato depends solely on tax-deductible contributions to provide the public with a wealth of free resources, including this podcast. We hope you'll consider supporting or even joining Cato. For information, please go to www.cato.org.